أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين السلام عليكم brothers and sisters I hope everyone is doing well inshallah and welcome to another episode of the Tafsir of Dua Kumail podcast um, We ended here uh, in the previous episode where we were talking about these lines of the Dua where it said, And we talked about this, we said, when it came to wronging, uh, when a human wrongs himself, uh, the Qur'an talks about this quite uh, in depth, and um, in all of the verses that you look for, uh, there are many instances that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to a person who is sinning as someone who is doing dhulm. So, nafsi means that every sin that we do essentially is a form of somebody wronging themselves. And then we moved on to this, And we explained that in this line of Dakumil, Imam Ali is essentially explaining that his audacity, his jur'ah, his braveness, right, his boldness, I should say, um, this was really because of, and this, this would apply more to us than anybody else, that this audacity that he had when he was committing that sin, and of course for him it wouldn't be a sin, um, was stemming from his ignorance. And we explained that really anytime we go against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what lies at the very root of disobeying him is a, a form of ignorance. Moving on from that, we talked about this line, which is the next line. And he is explaining in this line that the reason why he felt that audacity is because when you're dealing with someone who's so nice, who's so kind, who's so forgiving as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, sometimes you get used to that. And when you get used to that, um, that is sometimes the uh, basically uh, the reason why you end up wronging that individual. And sometimes you have that in your own, you know, in, in our own day-to-day -day interactions with people and our own day-to-day -day relationships that we have with people. Sometimes you find a mother or a father who's really nice to their children, right? And because of that, sometimes the children knowing that their mother or father is very nice, they will take advantage of their mother or father. So this is similarly like what Imam Ali is talking about here when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Moving on, these are the lines that we will be uh, discussing that we didn't get a chance really to discuss uh, in the last episode. Allahumma mawlai kam min qabihan satarta. So I want to pause here because this line is a very important line and something that we can all learn uh, quite a bit from. So in this line, the Imam is saying, Ya Allah, how many of these ugly things were there? How many of these bad things were there? And these could be bad attributes. They could be bad actions that you have concealed. right? And um, we wanted to take a moment to really think about this because it's very important in Islamic literature, what we understand is that it's very important for a human being to keep account Right, keep an eye on his numbers, sort of speak. You know, people who are, who do business, right? The most important thing for them, right, are the numbers, right? If you can't if you can't keep an eye on your numbers, everyone will tell you that you're you're going to be out of business soon, right? Because then you won't be able to see whether you're growing or not. If we take a look at our numbers, right, in terms of the things that we've done that were wrong, um, what that helps you with is, in, in a lot of ways, one of the things that it helps you with is that it just helps you to be more humble. If I know and I can remember the things that I've done that were wrong, right? The next time I speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I speak to Him in a much more humble manner. 
that I would have if I was just speaking to him as someone as if I've started my life a couple days ago and all the mistakes that I've done throughout the years did not exist. It's, it's going to make a big difference. It also, and this is the reason why sometimes people turn arrogant at times, but it also makes a big difference in the way you approach other servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, when you are reminded and you keep an eye on your own numbers and you remember all the bad things that you had done that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concealed, then it becomes much easier for you to be humble when it comes to other servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You also becoming you also become much more forgiving when it comes to other servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's a host of effects that come into play when someone actually um, you know thinks of the wrong things that he's done. Now Imam Ali here is saying, Ya Allah, there were so many different things that I had done. In all of these, satarta you were the one who covered all of these things. Now, I want to take a moment to talk about this because the sitr that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does is very different from the sitr and the covering and the concealing that we do if we are good people. Like if you're not a good person, then obviously you're not even going to conceal what your friend or your wife or your husband did, right? Um, but if you are a good person, you may not share it with other people, right? But then a lot of times, still other people might find out in different ways. And the concealment isn't a full, real concealment, right? Now, I'm going to go through a hadith from the sixth imam that really shows us when God does his concealing, how, you know, in-depth it is, you know? Like sometimes you hear online on, in different ads, right? They, if you want to get rid of, like, information on your phone, let's say you want to sell your phone to somebody, right? And you really want to get rid of all of the information because obviously you don't want anyone else to have contact to the information on your phone, right? There's, they'll tell you that there's an easy way to just delete stuff off your phone, right? And then there's a way to like, you know, factory reset your phone, right? And there's different ways you go and they have differences in the depth, right? So this is God essentially doing a factory reset on us when we do Tawbah. It's a factory reset in the sense that he conceals it so, so beautifully that he doesn't allow anyone to find out about this bad deed, right? So let's take a look at this hadith. And this hadith is um, from the book of Al-Kafi, which is one of the most reliable books of hadith that we have. I have to mention this uh, now that we're on this topic before I actually get into the hadith, that essentially within the Shia school of thought, there is no book of hadith that we believe in fully. Okay, when I say fully, I mean there's no book of hadith that we would accept every hadith in it cover to cover. Only book that we have like that is the Quran, right? It's the, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we accept cover to cover. Outside of that, there's no book of hadith, even Al-Kafi, Al right? Which was written closer to the occultation of the Imam or the beginning of the occultation of the Imam and is a, is a very reliable source within Shia circles. Even the book of Al-Kafi, we don't take as everything in it as, you know, uh, you know, like the verses of the Quran, like everything in it is actually a hadith that is reliable. No, it's not like that with any book of hadith. Of course, with Al-Kafi, you will have more reliable hadith compared to some of the other, you know, hadith compilations that we have out there. But having said that, let's go through this hadith. And this one is a very beautiful one. Um, the uh, one of the famous companions of the sixth Imam, his name was Muawiyah ibn Wahab. He says, "Qala samiatu Abu Abdullah." I heard the sixth Imam yaqul. He was saying, "Ida taba al-abdu tawbatan nasuha, ahabahullah." 
says, I heard the sixth Imam saying this, that whenever a servant of God repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he does a tawbatan nasuha, the type of repentance that he really, really is not going to go back to doing the things that he was doing. He says, Ahabbahullah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves him, right? And he has this affection for him. And then the effect of that is this, فَسَتَرَ عَلَيْهِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does for him is that he covers his bad deed for him فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ In this world and in the hereafter. Okay. Now Mu'awiyah, uh, this is you know Mu'awiyah ibn Wahhab, this famous companion of the Imam. He says, when I heard this, it was a little bit of a question mark for me. Because I kind of understand how you can conceal things and you can cover up things um, when it comes to, uh, you know, this world, right? Like you do that and other people don't find out about this bad deed that this person had done. But then he says, I had this question of how can you conceal things when it comes to the akhirat? Because the hereafter, the day of judgments, right, the heaven and hell, the whole story of the hereafter, right, and the key factor that differentiates between this world and the next world is the fact that in the hereafter, everything comes uh, comes to light, right? Light is shed on everything that someone has done. So he says, I was very surprised. And I had this question of like, how does that even work? So I said, فَقُلْتُ وَكَيْفَ يَسْتُرُ عَلَيْهِ And I asked him, I said, but how can he cover up things when it comes to the hereafter? Because in the verses of the Quran, we read that in the hereafter, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings out everything. All the secrets come out. The earth, right? On that day it will speak of the of its news and, and the and you know of the things that have taken place on it. Everything is coming out. Right? Everything is coming into light at that point. How does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cover up things for him in the hereafter? Now take a look at this, you know, this deep factor reset in my words of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to take care of the deeds of his servant that he uh, that had repented. Qala, he said, Yunsi malakayhi ma kataba alayhim nadhunub. He said, you know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do in order to make sure that his servant of is really doesn't feel embarrassed on that day, right? And that there's no trace of this bad deed that he committed. First thing that he's going to do, Yunsi malakayhi ma kataba alayhim nadhunub. He will make the two angels Right, that write down his good deeds and his bad deeds. He will make them forget the things that he had done. Those of which he has repented from, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make them forget those deeds. Okay. What does that mean? That means that even the angels don't know about this. Now, the hadith says yunsi, so they witness it at that point, right? But they he makes them forget about them. Okay. And then he continues, So this is one part of this factory reset. Second part is, Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the limbs and the organs of the body of this person who had sinned. You guys cover up this bad deed that he has done. Okay, so now they don't have the right to bear witness to it either. Because you know in the verses of the Qur'an we read that wrongdoers on that day, when they come to the hellfire, right, one of the things that bears witness against them on that day are their own limbs and their own, uh, you know, the organs of their own body. And this is mentioned in Surah Fussilat, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we bring them, you know, يَوْمَ تَشْهَدُ عَلَيْهِمْ أَلْسِنَتُهُمْ 
and when they come and their tongues right bear witness against them on that day right and then they they respond why did you bear witness against us and and the limbs respond Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who brings everyone to speech he brought us to speech and now we're speaking now the hadith is saying we make it covered up even when it comes to the limbs and the you know the organs that he has in his body and and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals and commands to the different parts of the earth you guys need to cover up whichever part of the earth that this person committed the sin on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells that part of the earth to keep quiet and then what happens so then he meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that on that day and on that moment where he meets uh, God and he enters into this day of judgment and there is nothing to bear witness against him that he committed this or that sin right essentially there's no evidence and obviously when there's no evidence right there's no witness then there's no uh, essentially crime to be proven or no one is going to be convicted of any crime at that point right you've seen in the movies right when they get rid of the witness right um, then how are you going to prove that this crime actually committed so or it actually happened so this is what this hadith is saying but you see the lengths to which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will go in order to basically um, you know have the reputation of this mu'min of his who repented and did tawbah? How long of a you know how how far of, of a measure he will go to in order to protect the, the reputation that he has? Right? When we speak of reputation. We usually think about this world. The reputation in the next world is obviously even more critical, right? Because once you have that reputation in the next world, you can't change it at that point. That's who you are, right? forever as the as the verses of the Quran say going back to the dua how many of these wrongdoings of minds were there that uh, you concealed but did you conceal them in the normal way no 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 you concealed them in the best of ways and the lesson another lesson that we can take from this is that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conceals our sins in our wrongdoings why not we do the same when it comes to our brothers and sisters and in our ahadith, we have multiple, multiple ahadith in this regard. That a person who conceals the wrongdoings, right? The negative attributes of another believer. In those situations, of course, where bringing them to light or discussing them or addressing them is not what is going to solve the situation. There are times where that will solve the situation. And that's what needs to be done, right? But other times, I made a mistake. I'm not doing it anymore, right? So, but someone else found out. And they, they conceal it in the sense that they know that I'm not living that life anymore, right? But even though I made that mistake, you know, five years ago, a year ago, six months ago, and it's not going to affect my life moving forward, right? Because they see me now as someone who has done tawbah and I'm not living that life anymore, they conceal it. The hadith says, Man muslim Whoever covers the wrongdoing of his brother in this world, فَلَمْ and he doesn't embarrass him in the presence of others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will conceal his wrongdoings on the day of judgment. So you see 
that it's a very, very big claim that the hadith is making, right? Now, sometimes you might even conceal it, but bring it up with that individual and address it with that individual, right? And many a times when someone is doing something wrong, that is the way to do it. But still, because you're going to bring it up with that individual, doesn't mean you share it with a hundred other individuals, right? So this concealment, if we can do it, the hadith is saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will conceal our bad deeds on the Day of Judgment as well. Okay, moving on. And how many difficult, burdensome tribulations there were that you removed from me, you abolished from me, right? Bala, uh, of course, uh, you know, in Farsi, in Arabic, a lot of times in the, you know, in less formal dialect, um, there is this word bala usually refers to like a difficulty, right? A painful moment, a painful experience. In the verses of the Quran and in hadith, usually it refers to something that tests the human being, right? It's more of a tribulation than it is a difficult situation, right? Even though a tribulation would come along with a difficult situation anyways. But what this line of the dua is saying is that you saw that there were certain tests that I was supposed to go through, right? That you were going to test me with. But because you knew that I would never be able to stand the difficulty of that test, you didn't even test me with those things. You removed those balas from me. It's another uh, you know, blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By the way, pretty much all of these we never even like, you know, we never even realize or notice. God does these things behind the scenes. We do not even, you know, it doesn't even cross our mind that that He's doing these things for us. Right? Moving on. And how many stumbles were there that you prevented? How many times did you see that if I'm in this environment, um, that this servant of mine will definitely end up sinning? And because of that, you removed me from that situation, right? And now, there are certain factors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will sometimes remove someone from that environment. Sometimes He will allow that person to remain in that environment. Right? These are very complex things that the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala governs really, right? We we can't necessarily figure out why He does everything that He does, right? But one of the things, one of the reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may not remove somebody from a situation where they know that, or where He knows that this person might commit a sin is because He wants that person to be humbled. We have that in our hadith. This, of course, does not take away at all from the, you know, the fault that that individual has, right? It's just the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But now this line is saying there are many other situations where no, you see that this servant of yours is going to make a mistake and you help him prevent that stumble. You foresee it ahead of time and maybe you remove him from that environment. Maybe you send around a good friend of his. Maybe you send him a reminder, whatever the case might be, right? Moving on, And how many difficulties there were that you repelled from me. Right? It's very similar to the line before the last line that we were discussing. Right? Those were tribulations. These are just difficulties. Right? Maybe someone had some plans against me. And at the end of Dara Kumail, we'll come back to this concept and we'll talk about it. And over there, we'll discuss as it relates to the evil eye and whatnot. Right? But a lot of times, there are people who um, maybe they're jealous. Right? Maybe it's an evil eye thing. And of course, we have to discuss that. Um, they have some evil plans about us. And there's a difficulty that's, you know, a threat that is looming and it's on its way. 
and you and I have no idea about this at all. And the only one who knows about this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He Himself, He repels it before it even comes into your life. And guess what? You and me have no idea about this. This is one of the effects actually that is mentioned for someone who recites a dua and asks for different things from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know that when we ask for things from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if it's not in our best interest for us to have those things, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to give those things to us, right? We know that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is wise and He wouldn't give you something that is not good for you, right? But the hadith tell us that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give you what you were asking for, even because it's not in your best interest, right? The hadith says that then he will do something in, uh, you know, something else instead. And the hadith mentions multiple things. One of the things that it mentions is this, that sometimes you will pray for something, you will ask for something, and because the thing you are asking for, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for whatever reason, does not want to give it to you, what he will end up doing is that instead he will remove a difficulty that is supposed to happen to you, right? Let's say, God forbid, I did something wrong, right? And because I did something wrong, um, you know, there's a consequence to that sin of mine. Or God wants to put a difficulty in my life so that I am awakened when it comes to that sin that I committed, right? And I change my path. But let's say I change my path beforehand, right? And I come and I do dua to him. I ask him for something, right? And I'm getting myself closer to him. He's not going to give me necessarily what I'm asking for. But what he will do instead at times, sometimes, is that he will remove a difficulty, a calamity that is going to befall me, even though I have no idea about it, right? And I'll, inshallah, wrap up this episode with this one line. And this is, you know, really, really beautiful in this part of Dua Kumil. He says, Oh Allah, not only were there bad things that I had done that you concealed from others, not only were there tribulations that you saw that I wasn't even ready for, not only did you see that I was going to stumble in the future, you prevented it. And there were certain things, difficulties that were going to come into my life, you stopped those difficulties from coming into my life. Then you took a step further, and you took it one step even, you know, your kindness went even further than that. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then do? Then you went around and you spread good news about me. You went around, right, you know, metaphorically, and you told everyone what, what a great person I am. This is, uh, this is unbelievable, really, right? The, the most that we would ever do when it comes to our own relationships, our day-to-day -day relationships, right, is that you won't take revenge for what someone has done, for example, right? You, for example, you will not, uh, you know, you won't punish them for the wrong things that you've done. If you're really, really nice, if they did something wrong, right, you will forgive them at the end of the day. But when someone does something wrong for you, you don't then go and share good things about them. That's not something we're accustomed to, right? That's something that's really out of this world when it comes to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine that moment that you were doing, you know, that mistake, whatever that mistake would have been, you know, in your case, right, or in my case. As I'm doing that mistake, and of course, I'm disobeying God. At the same time, he's concealing. At the same time, if I ask for forgiveness, he will forgive me. And at the same time, he is going around and telling people. And of course, he doesn't tell people the way you know we normally talk. But 
He's essentially putting in the minds of different people good ideas and good thoughts about us. And so I just I just sinned. I just made a mistake. I just disobeyed him. Right. And I'm unfortunately, you know, you're bold right? and you have the audacity to just walk around as if nothing has happened. And then at the same time, you meet with your friends, with your spouse, with your relatives, and they think high of you. Right. They think that you're <laughs> you're killing it, so to speak. Right. This is what and the more, you know, we think about this and I can speak of myself, the more I think about this, the more embarrassed you feel when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That not only you did all of this, these four or five lines that we went through, but then you took it a step further and you spread good things about me. Right now, now when I go around, people look at me, right? They say, subhanAllah, they say, mashallah, right? They look at my life from far away because they don't know what type of person I am uh, deep down, but they look at it from far away and they say, wow, this brother, he's, he's, you know, he's such a good servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is it because I'm really a good servant? No, it's because you were the one who ran around. Who, rent, who went around and spread all of these good words and these good thoughts uh, about me in the eyes and in the minds of people. So inshallah with that line, we'll bring this episode to an end. Um, inshallah next episode will continue from Allahumma aduma bala'i wa afratabi su'u hali inshallah.